what it is, ho. What's up? Every good girl needs a name I love. Hi, friends, family, and strangers, and strangers who will become friends, to another wonderful episode. This time, one of my longest episodes thus far, episode four, is all about life after being a full-time athlete. And let me tell you, that is still something I am trying to figure out and find my identity outside of being a dancer. In this episode, I have a featured guest, Kelsey Clayton. We talk all about the nitty-gritty pros and cons of life as an athlete, life after being an athlete. And it's just funny. That's all I got to say. Her and I, freaking ride or dies. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Just to preface, we're crazy. I don't know why my little accent comes out. We're a little crazy. It's probably because you took me to the state fair over the weekend. <laughs> but this episode is super real, super deep. It is raw, uncut, and just a giant conversation. And it felt like therapy, honestly. Her and I just talking and asking questions why why this intro is so good and i decided to mess with things because it's fine it's fine let's dive into it hey okay we're in the pod welcome hi hi (laughs) i'm a little nervous as if we haven't been spending the past three days together (laughs) you said welcome (laughs) welcome hi this is a talk show yeah, welcome to India's talk show. But I'm going to turn the mic over to you, give a little bit about who you are. Oh, we're here with Kelsey, by the way. Kelsey? That's me. That, okay. <laughs> that's me. Um, let's see. Well, so for athletics, I guess, um, I mean, I danced since I was – I started dancing when I was two or three. And, and competitively dancing, I think I started probably at six or seven was when I started competing. Mm-hmm. All the way to 18. Then we both went to Ball State mm-hmm. um, and did Code Red together, which is the dance team, for years. Chirp, chirp. Yeah. And then <laughs> I danced professionally for a year um, as a pacemate. And that was uh, 22, I think. And so I've been out of dancing, like, professionally or pre-professionally for two years now. Mm-hmm. Almost two years. We... I feel like also a lot of dancers kind of have that same upbringing of dancing from childhood all the way up, maybe not necessarily collegiately, but I feel like I kind of have the same setup as you, except mm-hmm. for I didn't go, I didn't go pro. Didn't go pro. I said, I'm good. Um, but same thing. I started dancing when I was t- two or three, and then I started competitively like at studio, maybe six or seven. And then from there, I did it all the way up to age 18 studio, danced, um, school dance teams, um, and then collegiately Ball State, all four years, same as you. I did, well, we both have, we were coaches oh, and yeah. choreographers, and I kind of stuck with that side, and you went the professional route, which is awesome. Yeah. It's cool, but that's kind of like, and oh yeah, what do you do for work? Oh, um, I Share work personal life. Yeah, I work at the U.S. Attorney's Office. I do communications and community outreach, and then I also coach uh, the dance team at Westfield High School now, which is in Indiana. Um, <laughs> in Indiana. <laughs> so I stopped. I mean, I coached when I was in college for three years, and then I stopped because I started dancing pro. And then when I stopped dancing, I'm like, it's time to get back into coaching. Mm-hmm. There's so there's so many sides to being a dancer, like. 
you can be a judge at a dance competition. You can be a choreographer. You can just be a dancer. You can be on a pro team, like um, sports, or you can be doing like the entertainment industry, especially mm-hmm. like out in LA and everything. Um, so there's a lot of connections within it, but there's also, of course, like pros and cons to that life of yeah. being a, a full-time, full-time athlete, da- full-time athlete, full-time dancer. Maybe we can start. I don't know. Break it down. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it, it is your identity. Mm-hmm. It's literally your identity, especially when you started at two or three and that's all you did. It's it's your identity. It's your community. And that's what I was going to ask you. My first question was like, do you still identify as a dancer <laughs> or as an athlete? Or is that like, oh, it's my past life? Oh, that makes me really sad. <laughs> I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. I feel like. Do I still consider myself a dancer? Because you know when you when you're in college or whatever, you introduce yourself. You're actively I'm a, a dancer. dancer. I dance. Yeah. Or you meet new people. I dance. Yeah. You, and I I feel like now when we just randomly meet people, I say it in such a past tense way. Like yeah. they're like, oh, what do you like? What do you do? Or like, what did you do in college? I was a dancer. Mm-hmm. I yes, I still dance, but it's not to that caliber. Oh, that's really sad. You don't identify as um, an athlete anymore. I feel like when it comes to the fitness world, yes, I am an athlete, but not on a sports team anymore, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. Yeah. Oh, that was a deep question. Do you? Do you consider – well, do I, or do I, you now identify as the authoritative I'm a dance coach instructor now? Yes. I, do, I guess like that. I still identify as an athlete, I mm-hmm. think. I still feel like I will always be an athlete because mm-hmm. it's like a mindset too. It's a thousand percent. It's, or, and I, I know, I remember growing up going to a competition and I'll never forget this. One of the MCs, we were at an award ceremony and he's mm-hmm. like, dancers are, or athletes period, but dancers specifically are some of the most disciplined individuals. They always have the best grades. They always mm-hmm. have a lot going on. And they're so disciplined. And I think that's the like a lifestyle, identity, mindset mm-hmm. that carries on with you when you become an adult. A thousand percent. Like, it's not just what the sport is. There are so many life lessons within being an athlete, like on a sports team, where because, like you said, because we started so young, that's this is all we've known. Yeah. How to be disciplined. Everything was down to the down minute. Down to a T. Down to a schedule. Yeah. Every single day. And, like. I feel like it became, well, it was always kind of the same. It was always like school, work, dance. You had dance every single day. Yeah. Just like probably for any other sport, you practice all the time. But competitive is very different than, I mean, there's people that dance Mm -hmm. or play soccer or whatever, and they do it for school. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that do it for school and competing. Compete. And that's a a different mindset. It's Mm -hmm. so, it's just like you're, you're brought up that way you know in a disciplined manner and it's it it definitely I think like you have that athlete mindset I still identify as having an athlete mindset like yeah I have to go to the gym my lifestyle my schedule is very rigid it's not the same it's not as busy as it used to be Mm -hmm. but it still has flowed into how I like how I live live. it's your I think maybe the way I think about it it's more or less not like an action type of word. I feel like, like you said, it's a lifestyle, it's a lifestyle where it's like, I will, yeah, I 
consider myself an athlete, but my choice, sport of choice, was dance. And I think that's a big pro. Uh, what? <laughs> Sorry, that kid is butt ass naked. At the pool. I thought the dad was naked too. That kid just got butt ass naked at the pool. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> so we're doing a poolside podcast, being so serious. Kelsey's jaw drops, and I'm like, Did someone just die. There's just a naked little baby. The baby just took off his whole shorts, everything. He just got butt. He said naked. bath time. Oh I'm sorry that got me so. <laughs> I seriously was like, what? What? <laughs> he just stripped down. That was crazy. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was going to say that. Yes, wow. I was going to say that is a pro. I think I look at, look at it as a pro of being an athlete was that it carried over into my schoolwork. It carried over into my mm-hmm. professional career, being disciplined, being a, that level time of time management. Time man- yeah. Like, all of it. Everything with being, um, I lost my train of thought, with being so disciplined, it's, how do I explain that? It's very, it's an, it's an intensity. Yeah. Like an intense lifestyle. Some people just leisurely get through life like, oh, I I have to go to school. I have to go to work. We were like, we have, we were always thinking like, a month in advance yeah. as well. If I don't do this, this, and this right now, I won't get it done for this, whatever. You know, yeah. and there's just so much on top of that too. There's keeping up with your appearance and your body mm-hmm. and like fueling your body and what you have to do to prepare maybe your hair or like as a dancer, mm-hmm. it's about performance too. It's about performance. Appear- yeah. And it's like, Oh, you know, my hair has to look this certain way. It's just a whole, like you have to think ahead about everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that could be a lot. It's not meant for everyone. Like mm-hmm. I believe everybody could definitely be an athlete and do this, but it might be too extreme for some. And then, you stop dancing or you stop being an athlete and you immediately lose like that discipline. The discipline, the discipline is like integrated into your life. You, mm-hmm. you lose that. Cause you get to, now you're independent and, and you have you to figure feel, it out on your own. Because it was, it was a full-time job. Yep. It was not without being paid. <laughs> yeah. It was a full-time job. It was, you have to be there. You have, but at the same time, it's also, you do it because you love it. Mm-hmm. You, nobody's pay, like you said. You're not being paid. Mm-mm. You're you're not really getting anything out of it. It's it was what passion. You put into it. It's a passion. Mm-hmm. And then you leave that passion. Not only do you lose your identity, an identity. You lose the uh, something that you're passionate about because not your job is different. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be passionate about it, but it's different than just doing something for fun. Mm-hmm. And when I went pro, that was like that became very evident to me like oh i'm getting paid for this now yeah I, was it's your, not a passion okay then there you go so here is my question was the joy taken out of dance a little bit once you started getting paid for it yes i think mm-hmm. there was more to it because some people looked at it like oh this is so great i get to get paid for something i love to do for me it was like i've been doing what i love to do for 20 years without getting paid for mm-hmm. it and this makes it awful to get paid for it and to have to, you had to work for it at that work, point. Literally, instead of wanting it be it for a you. job. It's it becomes a job. It just it 
totally changes your mindset on how you look at, oh, I got to go to practice. I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, when I could be doing this, this, and this, or whatever. You just, it just shifts. For me, it did. I don't mm-hmm. think that's for everybody. Yeah. But for me, it shifted my mindset. Because when I was going to Code Red practice, it was like, oh my gosh, I get to see my friends. Mm-hmm. It was a social. To, it social, was social community. And it was, it told, like, we, I, we touched on this earlier, but um, when we were talking before, but I'm very, like, extrinsically motivated. motivated. So I like to have feedback. That's why I like school because mm-hmm. I love getting, like, the grades back, you know, getting good grades. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I like dance because I had a coach and a coach would tell you good job mm-hmm. and would give you that good feedback. Give you that praise to know you're praise. actually doing I need, well. I need praise. I need that reassurance. Mm-hmm. So when I would go to Code Red practice, you would get that praise, get that reassurance. When you that go, reward. When you go pro, your reward is money. And to me, that's not what I, that's not what I needed. Yeah. And that didn't, it didn't fulfill me. And when you think about it, money wasn't telling you you were doing well at Exactly. Dance. Yeah. We all got paid. We, you, we all got you paid. You just not. showed up. Yeah, whether you were doing a good job or not. It wasn't disciplining your dance in, thing. In one way, it was like the ultimate reward to make the team. Of course. Because it's like, oh, that's that's the most validating But then once you're thing. on it. But once you're on it, there's no further validation except making the team every year. Mm-hmm. And then you don't make it or whatever. And it's, yeah, you lose your... It's back, back down. You lose your confidence about it, and then it makes you feel like, well, where did that passion go? Why would I even want to start up again? You know, yeah. I started taking some dance classes, like adult dance classes, mm-hmm. and I just found, like, ugh, I worked harder at those adult dance classes mm-hmm. than I, I did when I was being paid professionally. Because you were doing it for you. I was doing it for me. I was not doing a it for, like, a, a, you know, whoever was teaching to be like, oh, not, you know, that looks good yeah. or whatever, and the paycheck it just ruined it for me it ruined it that's a bummer yeah and i i feel like that's a different realm of dancing pro for a like for sporting compared to the entertainment business like you're going to auditions to be the best yes for that That musical artist that music video that movie whatever so i feel like that's a different kind of and if you're performing you know, on a stage or something like that, or you're, you're, you're like at a concert, mm-hmm. you're getting that praise, that feedback from the audience every yeah. time. Whereas with, with professional dancing at a sport, like at a basketball game, nobody's there to watch no. the dancers. No, <laughs> the entertainment yeah. is the game. Yeah. Whereas if you're performing on a stage for an artist, you are, that. you are the entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And kind of touching on what you said after being so disciplined, having that community of a team, and now you're out of that. Yeah. We're ex-dancers, ex-athletes, and now we're out trying to figure it out on our own. I know personally I struggled with that, especially done with the dance team, coming back home. Fitness is like a huge thing for yeah. us, and I'm sure tons of other people can understand that as well, but Working out never felt like working out when you were doing your passion in a sport. And it was integrated into your life. Mm-hmm. It was if just an every, active lifestyle. Yeah. Naturally. You didn't have to have a separate time for gym and a separate time for dance. No. It was the same difference. The same yeah, thing. Yeah. You were working out there. Mm-hmm. So you but it didn't feel like working out. No. And it's a totally different. Dancing is a 
very strenuous exercise. Yes. And it puts you in a different body shape than you will ever be in <laughs> doing anything else. Boy, did I learn that. Dancer arms, like once you're not dancing, nope, gone. Different. Like you, you're like, I got home, tried to go to the gym, just like solo, going to the gym, no trainer, no nothing. And it was like the most isolating thing. You can't motivate yourself. Because when you're on a team, your teammates are hyping you up. We want to do this together. We, it's a team your effort. Your your coach. That extrinsic reward. Yes. That, yeah. And just trying to, because when you're at the gym by yourself, no one's pushing you to go even harder than you can. I'm like, oh, that's good enough. Let's move on to the elliptical. Let's move on to something else. Whereas, like in practice, you're for us, for example, we're doing a routine so hard, and when your coach calls you out, that's like in a good way. Like you're killing it right there. Keep going. Like you're pushing forward. Whereas, like I'm at the gym, and I'm like, oh, the song's over. Oh, that's I'm that's done. good enough yeah. for today. I yeah. think I'm gonna go. And just also not having that community. That's why I like kind of from you. You started going to the Y and doing those different classes and I when you told me about it, I'm like that's awesome doing those classes mm-hmm. but I was like eh I feel I felt very out of my comfort zone because yeah. I wouldn't know any of those people at those workout classes but then within the last year or so I started doing those workout classes like body pump and yoga because I don't know why it didn't click to me that I need a group setting to be able yes. to do fitness yeah that's what this what you've ever known. It, but like, the only thing you've ever known. I don't know why that it didn't that didn't click. I was like, I wanted to try and do this independently by myself. And when I wasn't getting the results that I wanted or feeling fulfilled mm-hmm. in that way, it was very like hard on me that I felt like it also kind of made me feel like I was very codependent codependent on having a team aspect. Yeah. But then once I but it was weird because when I was in high school, I used to go to uh, Core Power and do all the hot yoga classes, and I'm in a class setting. Yeah. So I don't know why this time I was like, I need to be independent. I don't need to have classes around me. Because maybe you felt like, oh, that's the thing. Like, I need this is what I need to do. Everyone else goes to the gym on their own. Yeah. I need to figure that out. For me, it's not about it's not about having the other people in the in the class. It's about like having a coach, mm-hmm. having some because I cannot. Again, I am externally motivated. Mm-hmm. I need someone to tell me what to do. I to tell you what to do, but you're good at coaching people. Me. You that, can't coach yeah. yourself. No, I'm not going to coach myself. <laughs> I, I need someone to lead me. Like, Because if not, I just – I cannot motivate myself. Mm-mm. I need someone else to motivate – someone or something else to motivate me. Yeah. And like I, with, like I was saying, within this last year, I've started doing those classes at the Y, and I'm like – where where has this been? Why have I been putting this off? I just felt like kind of just like I let myself down that I can't just go to the gym on my own. Yeah. But now I figured out I can do a balance of going to these classes, having that community and also going to the gym by myself. Because yeah. as I'm going to these classes, I'm learning new workout skills and things I can do to be able to implement when I can't make those classes because yeah. there's schedule conflicts and things. So that's it's very rewarding to me. And I've noticed like, I know people, some people knock on the YMCA, but I'm the type of person's like, why are you going to pay all that money for yeah. a big-ass gym when you can get the same shit at the Y? Yeah. So, I love it, but I've noticed that in these classes, every all the women, and there's some men in the classes too, are all older than me. Mm-hmm. It's an older crowd. They're all parents, probably have kids that are my age, and I don't 
judge myself or feel like I'm comparing myself to them in the setting because we're at different walks of life. Whereas like when I would go to like certain other classes or just being on a team, like we're all at the same level. So it's like, oh, I want my body to look like her. And Isn't it's like, that so freeing? I was like, I'm doing it's, it for me. <laughs> it is at first. Nobody talks about this. Nobody talks about when you stop being an athlete, especially as a female, when your image is tied so much to how you look mm-hmm. or your, your, how you feel about yourself is tied so much to how you look. But it is amazing how when you first get out of that, you it's depressing because mm-hmm. you start noticing those changes yeah. in yourself. You start you still compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. But then, as time goes on, it's freeing. It's like, you know what? I don't have to compare myself to no. anyone else. I don't need to be on that level anymore. I can it's just so enjoy freeing. it. Yeah. And just also, as I've gotten into this, like, new headspace of, like, not going from team to figuring out this discipline of act being active in my own life, it's also, like, I can do it. Like, yeah. it's, like you, it's, like, uplifting. You're, like... I'm empowered and I want to do this for me. Yeah. I changed the mindset from being like, oh, I need to look this way, this, 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 to like just I want to move my body so I can be healthy. It makes me happy. Yeah, uh-huh. it makes me happy. It makes me healthy. I feel better. I feel good. After doing it instead of I have to, I have to work out to look a certain way or I have to eat to look a, or not eat, you mm-hmm. know, to look a certain way. Um, it's very freeing. It's empowering. It's very. And I I've truly I've made friends with these women. And men, they're older than me, but it, I walk in there and they're excited to see you. It's like another team again without it having that level of competitiveness. And I think athletes will always be searching for that. Mm -hmm. Like athletes always, innately, a good athlete is high achieving and will always be high achieving forever. Mm -hmm. You'll always be a high achieving person and you're always going to look for that. That's crazy. You know? Oh. You will always be a high achiever. Yeah. Cuz you cuz we know what it feels like to hit those marks from working so hard. Mm-hmm. Does that is that in another way saying we won't settle for less and we're always going to work the hardest? No, I don't know, but I I think with athletes, I mean you're always working to even if you're not a dancer, even if you're a, a track you know, you run track, if you're a track star, like you're working for that medal, you're working for that first place, you're always working for something. Mm -hmm. And that is a transition when you are, the transition is that you're not really working toward anything specific anymore. Mm -hmm. But the constant is that you're still high achieving. So it's finding the balance of like, shit, I still have this energy and this like mindset of I need to achieve, but what the hell is there to achieve? There's not, there's There's nothing, you have to set your own and that's hard. It's very difficult when the goals have always been set for you. The yeah. first place is always there to get. The, the first place. We have nationals coming yeah, up. We, the I've never thought about it Performance is way. always there. So your mindset, you're still in that mindset of I'm a high achiever. I need a reward. But there mm-hmm. is no reward. And it yeah. can be so frustrating. I'm feeling like I you saying that, I'm noticing that's bleeding into other aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Because we're so high achieving and we've always had those goals already there that I'm like, what next? What next? I like, I don't know what goals I, what's something new I need to do. I have no idea. And that's like leaving college period, even academically too. It's like, okay, the next paper that I need to Mm -hmm. submit, the next final that I need to take 
then you go to work and you still want to achieve, you still want to be a good student or a good employee, but you, what's the next paper? What's the next? It's just, you know, it becomes, it, it goes from being like a vertical, like incline of like, oh, the goals are up here. It's plateauing. Yeah. There's no, they're more long term goals. So you're not getting that satisfaction of reward as frequently. Yeah. Whereas in school, you're getting it every week. You're getting a a grade back or a, you know, whatever, a speech or something is happening. And in the workplace, like, what, what are, like, it's long term goals. But also in the workplace, it's just you're check marking tasks. You've finished tasks. It's not, that's not a goal. Yeah. I do tasks every day, every dingle, every single every day, day. <laughs> every <laughs> damn day. Every dingle. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it just bleeds. It's that mindset, that mentality of I'm a high achiever. I've always had reward for mm-hmm. everything I've done. You know, there's always been a capstone there, yeah. whether it's a final banquet or a final recital or performance. Oh. There's always to wrap end, it up, to wrap it yeah. up and to move on to the next year or the next season of life. Yeah. And that doesn't happen anymore. There's no and breaks. It's, like it's now. so, it, it is a struggle. It's a struggle. I'm, I'm getting like depressed talking no. about this. <laughs> I'm getting, no, y'all. it's not to be depressive. Depressing. It's to be like, we're relatable. in that new chapter. It's to be, but, People do not prepare you for that when you leave college. Like, it ha- it's very abrupt. If you were an, a college athlete, there needs to be some kind of course or something to prepare you. Like, hey, you know, these transitions are going to happen, and this is maybe how you're going to feel, and this is how you need to be able to handle it. Like, but, or, or a community to talk about these things. Yeah, and, and I feel like we can, of course, just go back and talk to our old teammates if you're still friends with them. But that's also kind of another reason why we're making this podcast, this episode right now, is because nobody talks about this. You go through, you're at the top of, you're at the top of your game when you're on that team. And then once it's abruptly cut off, you just like went off the deep end. And you're like, okay, how do I go about this? Because in your community is so, it's in everything. Like you and I live together. Mm -hmm. We lived together. We hung out together mm-hmm. we hung out at dance and also out of dance and it, mm-hmm. everything we did was for the team and yeah. with the team and we were in that little bubble of college like we all saw each other every day whether yeah. you're walking to class or whatever it is and that then, instant community and then that changes even when I went professionally we didn't all work and live together mm-hmm. you know we didn't see each other we were on all a daily. very separate lives yeah and it <clears throat> and then you you just lose community I mean mm-hmm. like it's such a such a shift it's a shift and you it's like you really have to work so much harder towards that community um i know there i've done i feel like we're both friends with a lot of athletes i have friends around me who do so many different sports like volleyball tennis this that and another but like it's even harder like how it is for us. I moved back home. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, bye. We just spent four years together working hard as fuck on a team mm-hmm. and being there for each other as best friends as well. And then I was just like, bye. I'm going to go live my separate life over yeah. here now. And we both, I feel like we would both like text or communicate sort of the same struggles mm-hmm. about like, man, I cannot motivate myself to get to the gym. Dude, I'm like, 
falling falling off in this category mm-hmm. oh i looked in the mirror and like it's a different type of caring because yeah. now it's just on us on us yeah it's not a oh i need to fit into this uniform no and look good or whatever it's like uh i just i notice my body is different not in a you have to change your how you look at it too mm-hmm. i mean that has i've come a long way with that like same i told you the story earlier of my sister she's like okay you might have you might your body might look different but it's healthy Mm -hmm. it's in a healthy way it's okay and i think my body is even healthier now yes because i'm not like stressed not not starving yeah i'm not stressed because i'm actually fueling it for me not just being like like you said i need to fit into this dance costume i have to this that and another well, you always talk about fueling your body as an athlete, but you're so freaking busy that you just eat a granola bar or an energy. Do you know how many energy drinks? I I mean, I never drink those, but how many energy drinks the other girls on the teams? Mm-hmm. It's like, that cannot be okay. Mm-mm. I wasn't, their health wasn't. That's unhealthy. That's, it was unhealthy. It, it might be <clears throat> like, you might look good, but it's not wellness. It wasn't wellness. There's no wellness aspect to it. That's what I'm and wellness and health is not just appearance. Right. Mental. It's <laughs> mental, <laughs> physical. It's your whole, it's holistic now. Now that I'm out yes. of it, it's holistically, you, oh, it's all clicking and making you sense. Only, when you're in college you're, and you're an athlete, you only have the capacity and bandwidth to focus on one thing at a time. So mm-hmm. you, once you're you're focusing on physical health, your mental is going to out the window and then you're like oh you're always scrambling oh shit i need to get my mental health together then my physical goes out the window like Mm -hmm. you cannot whereas now a good pro a a pro of being out of this Mm -hmm. is that you can focus more on everything on each part yes like there's time you have mm -hmm. time (laughs) time positives of being out of the athlete sport life is you can take care of your health and well-being holistically Instead of just like really, we as an athlete, you really only focus on the physical. It's a compartmentalized Com- when you're an athlete because you, like we said earlier, you there's once no- you focus too much on physical, your mental slips it just yeah, and vice versa. But now we understand that like wellness is everything it's mental, it's physical, it's spiritual, all of it. And truly, I know that every single athlete has gone through this where. You might be having a shit day and like you have so much on your mind mentally, but when you walk into practice, they're like, all that shit, you need to leave it at the door. You're here for practice. We're here to work. Like compared to now, if I'm feeling anxious or upset, I can sit in that feeling and like do some um, deep breaths and breathing exercises and journal if I need to. Whereas like when you were in that athletic space, of course, it could it could help with like anxiety, like running and doing what you do for a sport of course it like helps but like you didn't get to process it in the way that you can now outside of that because like sometimes you have to process it right then and there but like you don't have a choice when you have practice at this time and it almost makes you have like have to shove it away Mm -hmm. and then you by the time practice is over or that game is over two, three, four hours later, mm-hmm. you're not feeling those feelings anymore. Mm-hmm. And it either manifests itself in like later when it comes out in anger yeah, or in a- stress, or you 
you just forget about it almost, you mm-hmm. know, to where it, it has to, it'll come out later. Yeah. I mean, how many times did we have girls, whether it was us or another girl, like come to practice in the middle of a breakup or mm-hmm. a middle of um, a death, a death in, in the family, family and it, leave it at the door? truly leave it at the door of course there's instances where and that's a good thing it's it's not a bad thing to leave it at the door yeah not a bad thing for the team it but for mentally that's the thing your only care is for a team as a whole not you you are not individuals when you're on a team Mm. like that's just not it so just being able to shove it down and leave it at the door at times that was hard for me and then I couldn't perform my best. Yeah. And it showed. And then I feel like it would be like a trickle effect when I knew I didn't perform at my best because of my mental health and state. I just feel like that was the worst performance of my life. Like I let my team down. I let my team down. Mm -hmm. It's very discouraging and disappointing when all it was, was like you really needed to take like a mental health check in that moment, but you couldn't because of like a game or practice or a performance. Because you wanted, for the team, you wanted to be the best you can and for yourself as well as a teammate. You wanted to always perform at 100% because you're just, you're as weak as your, you're as strong as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. Is that what yeah, they say? Like, if you can't pull your weight, I don't want to be the weakest link. You never want to be the weakest one on your team. Yeah. You want to, you want to shine and, like you said, get that reward of being, like, um, being told you're killing it. You're yeah. doing a good job. Like, they're not your coaches aren't on your ass saying like you need to work harder what are you doing like they're just like on your case because think about it when you're in that bad headspace and then you have to leave it at the door they're gonna be fucking on your ass and then you're just gonna get pissed off yeah like i'm there were so many times we had long practices over like christmas holidays for to practice for nationals and you know when it's the winter month especially in the midwest we get seasonal depression because there's mm-hmm. not enough sunlight. Mm-hmm. So think about all of that piling on top of each other. There is no way in hell I'm going to perform anywhere near 100%. I'm going to try and work my ass off to get there, but I, I'm sorry. I, I won't be able to, and it's just going to make things worse. Yeah. Sadly. It's, being an athlete is mentally tolling. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge pro of not being an athlete anymore is your mental health. It, you it gets a front pri- seat can, for once. It does. Yes. Yeah. You can prioritize it. Finally, uh, you can prioritize wellness physically too. You're not pushing yourself to your limits mm-hmm. in a crazy way. You know, you're you're doing what you need to do for your body. Like if I want to stretch and go to yoga one day instead of lifting or running that day, I can because mm-hmm. I can make that decision for myself. Yeah, you know, when you had such a regimen, regimen, regime, regimen, yeah. regimen um, on that sports team, you already had your season schedule. Yeah. Like, but every day you're feeling a different kind of way. Your body needs different stuff. It's really cool because now when I'm in those different classes like yoga, hearing the instructor say, um, she's like, whatever your body needs today, do what you need. If you need to be in downward dog, go. you can go in downward dog. Or she does like different um, levels Mm -hmm. of different poses Mm -hmm. to be more advanced or more basic. And she literally is asking you, what do you need for your body right now? In sports and as an athlete, you don't get you a choice. Don't get asked what do you need? It's what you're gonna do. Is what, you're go- what you're gonna do yeah, is. What you're gonna do is it? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm sure that happens in other sports, but I feel like 
I, of course, we're always just going to compare it to dance because that was our sport. sport. Yeah. But with dance, it's not just one way. When you're doing a dance, there's so many different layers and techniques to it that, like, isn't just, like, being on another sport team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, like, okay, you're playing baseball. You can only swing the bat so hard yeah. in such a certain way. Of or course. With, yeah, with basketball, like, you're if you make it in. You make it in. You make it in. Of course, there's technique behind <laughs> yeah. it all. I'm yeah. not saying that. But with dance, there's parts you're not supposed to go as hard. You're supposed to be softer. You're supposed to go at this percent. Yeah. You have to keep go. It's like on and off, on and off. It's never just always a hundred percent. But it'll always be a hundred percent in a performance way, right? There's just a lot to it, and just I always think about how with sports you're always multitasking. Like for us, we're listening to the sound, we're doing the movement, yeah. we're trying to pay attention to the timing and the counts. And the other people around you. Other people. Spatial awareness. Yeah. Like. It's a lot. What? Mentally. And that's that in itself is mentally exhausting. And, and after practice, you're not just physically exhausted, but there's a lot that goes into it with your mind. It doesn't end after practice is over. You still need to practice the shit when you get home. Yeah. Yeah. On your own time, because like our coaches would always say, you need to be practicing, practicing this on your own so we don't have to keep going over it and over it in practice because that's when you get yelled at. Yeah. It is a... Dance is a very different sport than a sport that is so black and white, like track or football or whatever, because it's everything that you do depends on your audience, depends on visuals, how they perceive it, and everyone's going to perceive it differently. I mean, even in football, people perceive football differently, like, oh, his they fight about, you know, whether his, his foot was on the line or not, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas with dance, everything you do is someone else's someone else is judging you mm-hmm. whether it's your body and how you look doing the moves or how you look in the costume yeah you don't even have to be doing the action are, they're like oh yeah. her body type is not right how you that. are compared to your teammates how you are compared to your competitors when you're mm-hmm. younger so we grow up and as girls it's even worse but we have grown up being judged our entire lives since day one being judged our entire lives and having someone else instruct us our entire lives mm-hmm. so everything that you've done in your life has been based on someone else's perception and what they need what they from think you. is the best for you and then you leave that like that athletic mindset or lifestyle and there is no one else it's no longer you. determined for you yeah no one's determining things for you no one's judging you comparing you it's you, but you still have those after effects of comparison mm-hmm. to where you are still, you feel like you have to compare yourself to people because yeah. that's all you've ever known. And of course, you'll always be your biggest critic. Yeah. But it's we've amplified. never, it's amplified because we've never, we've been our own critic, but there was always a higher power, a coach this critic. above us, along with like judges with that we might not have even known that it was up to them. Yeah. My level was up to them whereas like now I'm the only judge and it's like oh, oh god up to you and I don't know how to handle that yeah so, sometimes I've gotten it's a better. blessing and a curse yeah you know it's obviously it sucked having criticism and having people compare you but at the end of the day you know where you stand in life mm-hmm. you know you know if you're, I'm still a human being yeah you know where you stand so then when you don't have that criticism mm-hmm. you don't really know where you stand with yourself and I could not, personally, I could not imagine how it would be, like, in other sports that use a ball. Like, a football. <laughs> I, I mean, I used to play volleyball. 
don't hate. But like think about on a football team. I've, I'm sure I've heard so many guys or even like my own dad be like, he's not playing well this season. And that's determined his whole season, this one game of him not playing well or one or two games. Like that's got to be like scary. Sure, Whereas sure. I feel like we didn't have that kind of level of it. It was in a different way. But it was it was almost scarier because you didn't know what you were walking like walking into that practice. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna suck ass today or am <laughs> I gonna be good today? <laughs> you know? It's because it's all it's so uh subjective. Mm-hmm. It's not objective. It's subjective. So your coach might be in a shitty mood that day and she might shit on ta- your life. Yeah. And it'll be taken out on us. Yeah. And so then that day you, where you stand is a lot lower than where you normally stand. And mm-hmm. so your your confidence can't it, – it cannot level out. No, because our confidence rides on their opinion. Else's yeah. opinion. Always. And that sucks in that moment. But then when you get out of it like you are now, mm-hmm. you kind of miss it a little bit. You miss it because <laughs> – that was that was a different kind of tough love that yes. you didn't know you needed. Like something they would say is if your coach is not if she's not even giving you corrections or talking to you about things, you should be worried. Yeah. You should be worried. And they're always saying like your coach is pushing you this hard and being tough on you because they want you to be the best you can be. And I believe that. A thousand percent. Of course, sometimes I'm like, no, they're just trying to shit on my entire life and I don't know why I'm being picked on today. Yeah. But I can, because of being an athlete, I can handle a lot more criticism than I feel like somebody who isn't an athlete yes, could. Yeah. Like, I can, I, I'm not saying I'm not sensitive and stuff doesn't get taken to heart, but I feel like I can take things with a grain of salt and learn from it and be able to use it to my advantage to grow. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. In not just as in in an athlete mindset but in everyday life like at work like we're never going to be perfect we like every day is a different day every day is a new day you try your best every day of course sometimes you can only give a certain percent and unfortunately if you have like an employer and you're having an off day hopefully they're understanding but maybe it'll be a hard day but like you know for yourself what you're capable of Mm -hmm. and you know okay I need to be better in this area Mm -hmm. so but yeah you go from the community to be being very independent in every aspect Mm -hmm. of life (laughs) i do have a questions for you a questions questions for you okay um did during the athletic lifestyle being on teams did you ever want out when you were, like, at your prime, you're like, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore? Not during Code Red, but during, when I danced professionally, I, I never fully enjoyed it. Okay. It like was you thought you would. Definitely not like I thought I would. Oh, okay. But I was, there was always, and then there were other things going on in my life outside of dance that impacted that as well, relationship things work thing whatever where I wasn't 100% happy but mm-hmm. I could I never got to 100% as like I wanted to keep doing this forever and okay. I love it it was I never fell in love with it okay ever. okay and was that like really hard for you because like you said you have this this heat this excitement that I'm trying out for a pro team like I'm I'm going pro and the fact that like you never fully do you feel like it was waste was a waste I don't feel like it was a waste I 
feel like you some something like that you just have to try you don't know what it's going to be like until, until you're you get in into it. it and you either stick with it or you don't mm-hmm. and it just for me it was not it for so many reasons I mean there was a lot going on in my personal life but mm-hmm. also like the paycheck like I said earlier it just it ruined it it was not a passion of mine anymore and I yeah. just realized dance in my life is a passion it needs mm-hmm. to stay a passion it cannot be a job yeah and because and that's not like it cannot be so structured for me that's mm-hmm. why I like coaching and not teaching at a studio mm-hmm. teaching at a studio for me is too there's too much structure you got the recitals going on there's yeah. so many things you have so many marks you have to hit it's a job mm-hmm. and I I don't like that whereas when I coach and I'm by myself I can make it my mm-hmm. how I want it you know but now I'm even thinking about how we always talked about we really didn't judge ourselves too hard because there was always somebody above us judging us like our coaches like getting that criticism but now on the flip side if you're working as a coach or a choreographer your kids performance is a reflection of you yeah and that's scary too (laughs) like if your athletes aren't doing good it's on you you're not coaching them right so it's a it's like a lose -lose. well I definitely (laughs) understood when I was coaching at Yorktown at the same time I was dancing on code red Mm -hmm. and things were lining up Mm -hmm. and I was feeling I was it was like a duality I was feeling how my girls were feeling Mm -hmm. when I was on the team when I was on code red at practice but then I would feel how my coach felt when I was coaching yes I had both of those emotions going I think at the same time and it was great yeah I could under I could empathize with both people Mm -hmm. you know I could empathize with the girls and with my coach wait shoot I did that shit too yeah (laughs) at the same time (laughs) yeah you see you see both it's all about perspective I mean life is always about perspective but that's how it was. And it, it is, I can't tell you how many times every time they go on to perform, I'm like, do not mess this up for, for me. me. For me. <laughs> for me. Do not fuck this do up. Do not for fuck me. this up for me. I am watching you guys. I know we've talked about this situation, whatever we're doing, this dance, we've done it, we've practiced. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> Truly, though. And it's a reflection of me. And I feel like before we've ever coached or like choreographed for a team, we're like, Oh, why is the coach being like this? We've yeah. done it five million times, and I now I feel like everybody who was in a sport should go on the opposite side and be a coach. Yes, of because their team and just to understand, I was I realized how much of a hard ass I am mm-hmm. and how technical I am. We would do um, when I started cleaning routines. But for those who aren't dancers, cleaning routines is making sure everybody looks like a unit. You don't look like an individual because that's how dance works. You want to look all in uniform mm-hmm. and look good. So we were practicing like different sections of their dance and I was like, okay, we're in the cleaning phase. I'm going to watch you guys do it 100%. I'm going to write down my corrections and then we're going to go from there, talk about them, correct them, and then we're going to mark it a couple times and I want you to want to see it full out. I want to see that you used your mind. Like I said, you're multitasking all throughout this. Mm-hmm listening to the music, listening to the couch, and now adding on corrections. Yeah. I want to see you do that. Okay, and I literally, I realized I was a hard ass because I was like, okay, if I see we didn't do the correction correctly, we're starting from the top. Yeah. I'm stopping the music and we're starting again. And as a dancer, you hate that. We bit. hated you that. hated it. Because as a team unit, I'm like, I'm not the one who messed up. Yeah. It was so-and-so. Yeah. I saw her out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. It wasn't me. Yeah. But it's a team. You got to all do it together. And same with, like, attitude. Oh, hell. With attitude. 
for any athlete, you might think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm crossing my arms or I'm just, I'm in a bad, you come into practice. It, let me, let me start this over really quick because <laughs> I had an experience with this. Yes. When you come into practice thinking you have a bad, you have a bad day or a bad attitude, but you don't think anybody notices or you don't think it's going to affect anyone else. It's a hundred percent going to affect everyone else. A thousand percent. Especially the people that are empathetic or mm -hmm. whatever, or have a stake in the situation. Uh, they, it's going to affect them. And I had this happen to me. I had, I was coaching and my girls looked like bored. Mm -hmm. They looked bored and it killed me. Cause I'm like, are you guys okay? And they just look at me. Yeah, we're good. You know? Yeah, we're good. Whatever. I don't know what was going on in their personal lives before they came to practice that day, mm -hmm. but it affected me as a coach. It made me not want to reciprocate. It made me want to reciprocate that boredom back to them, mm -hmm. you know, and be like, let's just cancel practice. But yeah. it made me worried about if they're enjoying their time, like all this thing. And when you're a dancer, you think, oh, you're so uh, selfish yeah. when you're walking into practice. It's my problems. Mm -hmm. I had this, you know, horrible thing happen to me before practice and now I have to be here, blah, blah, blah. It's well, it's me. It's hard. But you are affecting everyone else. You're affecting your coach. Yeah. And you need to be on the other side to see that. So that, okay, now that's like kind of backtracking. It's like, now it's like, I can, you understand why your coaches were saying leave yes. it at the door? Yeah. It's going to affect, it, it, like you said, it, it affected affect every single person. But it's hard. But you can't just it's turn that healthy. off. Yeah, it's not healthy. It's body language. Body you're, language. You're physically around these people for hours and you're in a shit mood. Yeah. It's an elephant in the room. Everybody yeah, can see it. it's affecting people. Yeah. And you don't, and then you look back on your life and your experiences and every time you walked into practice in a shitty mood and it makes you feel bad that it, you did that. You it know? makes you feel bad. But now that I'm on the outside of it, it's like, it was okay. Now in the future, I'm like, that was so silly for me to be that upset. Yeah. But in the moment it was very hard, Right. but it was in the world. now it's over. And that was one practice. I will never get back. Yeah. That was a practice closer to the end. Yeah. And that, like, looking at it now, that's really hard. Like, yeah. you really, I feel like, like, truly, time goes by so fast. But, like, I never wished it away. But I'm, I always was like, oh, I have so many other practices. I have four more years ahead of me. And then COVID happens. Oh. And two of your years get pulled away from you without. Yup. That was crazy. And I feel like we all just went through such a shift in a very negative way. All, everyone did. Because we practice. That's a, like, I'm not, I don't want to make this episode all just about dance, but like, that's what we can relate to. And you guys, any athlete, every any athlete, athlete went through that same yeah. thing when COVID happened. You Everybody lost stopped. your shot. Yeah. You did lose your shot. You like, and I feel like it hit us a lot harder because we only focus on one giant performance of the year. Our national competition. Mm -hmm. It's a two-minute routine that, that we once it's done, for months for. prepare for months. Whereas, of course, other sports, you have games and games and games and games. Yeah. We had performances that weren't competitive. Like, we performed at the games and everything. But when it comes to, like, when you're on a collegiate dance team, nationals is your ticket. Yeah. Like, that just shows you're the best of the best. Whereas, of course, when we w were at studio or even, like, a school dance team, you competed against other schools and mm -hmm. other studios. You're ranked. Absolutely. Yeah, all the time. But then once it was collegiate, nationals, that was the goal. Yeah. 
and having that taken away, that two-minute spot on a random day was, like, devastating. Yeah. But I feel like I personally became very bitter about it yeah. because of – I think it was just the effects of how upset I was. Nobody was working as hard because we knew we weren't going to go because borders and shit were going to close because of COVID. And that was, like, hard. It was depressing. And it felt like nobody was fighting for us. No. And then also, you know, some of these athletes got to come back for fifth years. Um, like seniors got to come back mm-hmm. on football teams and basketball teams. Yeah. And the colleges allowed that. And we didn't get that opportunity because yeah. we weren't seen as a. That was, yeah. Dance, dance has always got the shorter stick. Yeah. It's not. It, you're not seen as an athlete. You're, you could be seen as an artist. Yeah. But the amount of work that we put in, especially on the Code Red dance team, we practice more than any other team. And we're at – we practice hard. We were at every single game for multiple sporting events every single season, whereas, like, football, that's the fall. Like, they had their own seasons. We went year-round, practiced, did local events, and still competed. Yeah. I will say – that I think dance has a new appreciation post COVID after TikTok started becoming yeah because I don't I don't know if it's just my like for you page because I'm a dancer or previous dancer but I see a lot of people taking classes people who want to be dancers mm-hmm. people who even they don't have the training but they appreciate the backstory there's a lot of television around mm-hmm. around dance, dance now and and how teams like cheer that netflix yeah yeah you know just stuff like that i mean i think there's a bigger appreciation for it now i don't know what shifted and when we were younger it was so cool to be a dancer i feel like everyone is okay so (laughs) no truly i love what you're saying and it's cool that dance and like cheer is getting all that representation now but like i felt so cool being like i have a dance competition nobody says that but now everybody dances yeah i love it i love dance like what can i say but it's like, I'm the cool girl that I have to go I to the dance dancer. studio. Yeah. Some people did it. I got to go with my point shoes. My point shoes. Oh, we got to get new tap. Got to get new paws. New paws. New dance paws. <laughs> but oh, that's so crazy. COVID really affected athletics in general. Mm-hmm. Like if you're on an NFL, NBA team or collegiately or younger, like nothing was the same. Mm-hmm. Like. A big part of dance is your facial expressions. We were wearing masks. What facial expressions? If you're not doing facial expressions, you're not doing 100% performance. And I feel like with other sports, it seemed like they got a little more privileges, at least at the collegiate level. Yeah. Like, we're dancing individually, like, in a group. Oh, there's thunder. I think that's thunder. Oh, shoot. Are they going to cancel the fair? I hope not. It might pass. Uh, we'll check it, but um, they they made it hard for us to perform or have our own studio space. But with football players, that's a contact sport. I'm not touching all up on you for dance. Yeah, but football that was a contact sport. They could still do it. No mask, no nothing. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's like another reason I feel like dance as a sport got like short ends of the stick on things. I I don't know why. But like you said, TikTok, it seems to be so much better and more appreciated. And valued. I think it just wasn't valued at the time. Yeah. But it wasn't valued for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just different now. But I've, I will always 
it'll it's always gonna have a place in my heart. It's sure. not going anywhere. I still take dance classes in a different way, like mm-hmm. I do Zumba. Zumba. I love Zumba, and it's fun because you get shout outs as an adult, as yeah. an athlete, yeah, an adult dancer. Like yeah. they're like, and I can chill. Chill. I can still share my stories and show off and show, and show off. off, show off and show and up. Being like, an athlete, a part of that too, that mentality is that you you have a show off mentality. You mm-hmm. want to show off. You want to win. Yeah, athletes love showing off. I mm-hmm. mean, it's okay. And you, how often do you get that opportunity as an adult to really like show out, show what you're making? You don't. Not often. No. So, you know, it's important to find those times. Yeah. So when you can, you will. Yeah. There's so many adult teams now of things you can do. In like studios, groups. That you performance can. Performance groups. Yeah, yeah. Master classes. Like, it's all about finding your your new community. Finding your bliss. It will never be the same. You have you have to come to terms with that. That it Appreciate what you had, but you have to come to terms that it will never be the same. It's never going to feel that way. And that's okay. But it, could, it, it'll always, there will always be a little grieving process. Yes. There's going to be out a grieving of it. process. And once you get through that grieving process, you just have to find a new, you have to find a new, you have to understand what the main things you appreciated about that, whether it was community, mm-hmm. the reward, whatever, and find a new version of it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Once you find the new version, it will be different, yeah. but it will still fulfill those needs. Those needs, for yeah. sure. A thousand percent. But... I, I will say it's not easy and it won't happen overnight no. to find those communities. It's taken me two years. Same. To come to terms with the fact that I'm not a dancer anymore like mm-hmm. that. But it's great that like you're starting up coaching again. Right. I would I would love to. I was going to at one time, but I'm like trying to like get settled in my career because like once you're like in your career and in a full time job, that that takes a lot out of you. Like I don't I don't have the same I don't have the same amount of time. To give that because I pay so much attention holistically to my mental health that, like, I need a break. I need time to myself. Not saying you can't do that, but I just. It's, it's, it's a new balance. It, it, new balance. New balance. Uh, free advertising. <laughs> no, it's, it's finding a, it's literally, it is finding a new, a new lifestyle, a new balance because that balance was integrated into everything that you did it was part of your it was a lifestyle Mm -hmm. that you didn't even have to think about whereas now you just have to find that new balance of of personal time professional time physical mental Mm -hmm. all of it and it it can be hard when you're looking at that as all different things where it used to be just one combined thing that happened automatically and so easy Mm -hmm. and now it's eight different things that you have to pay attention to. And I feel as athletes, we crave that so heavily because we had such a strict schedule yeah. of we had this at this time, this at this time throughout our day, and now we don't have that. We have All a lot more free time. All your bases recovered yeah. for you. It's about to go. Yeah. So that's really a new balance of filling that void, but yeah. also taking care of yourself and well your well-being. This episode has been long and honestly so much fun. And I feel like we touched on so many different points that were like serious, funny. And even though we talked about kind of the dance world, because that's where we've been, I feel like any athlete can get something out of that from like how it is from a coach's perspective and having somebody always above you, making sure you're in line and in check. Um, And now to wrap it up, we're going to 
kind of share what we've done to transition from that athlete mindset to having to have an athletic change and have an athletic lifestyle because we no longer have that discipline things we've done to find that bliss again and fill not fill the void but fill those fill those spots that aren't satisfied with what it used to be with being in sports do you want to and share some words of wisdom yeah no I think just what I said earlier and you said too just about it being a grieving process like literally a step one two three four like (laughs) different phases of grief like one is acceptance like you have or I don't know I don't know the order the order but in my head like you need to first accept that that season of your life is over and it's not going to be the same it sounds really harsh and blunt but it is like you cannot dwell on it because then you become that person that like only talks about the good old you days get, you get and the nostalgia and that was your that was like where you, that was your prime that was your prime that. and you stay there and you wish you were there and then you can't grow because you're stuck in that moment mm-hmm. so acceptance is really important then you know figuring out what you loved about that whether on a deeper level whether it was the community or the reward or having a coach you know are you someone who is only coachable Are you someone who can only work well with a coach or with a team? If that's the case, you have to shape your, your next steps around that. You know, what are your three values that you want to implement into your new chapter? And for me, it was, I need a coach, some kind of external motivation, and I need community, but I also need to be kinder to myself mentally and you know, physically and just accept that I'm not the same person physically and mentally as I was at that moment. Mm-hmm. I'll pay, I, you can keep talking, but I want to piggyback off of you about being kind to yourself. You have to give yourself that grace and allow yourself to feel those feelings. Because like I said, you're at the prime of your sports team or athletic career. And then it is abrupt. There's no transition. There's no courses to how to go about this. And so just giving yourself the grace that you worked your ass off and you got to those goals but now it's a new chapter and you can use those amazing life skills and things you learned within that to use them in this next chapter in that bliss that you find in something else and acknowledging that you don't always have to be full steam ahead anymore Mm -mm. that was that season of your life where it was like all gas no breaks mm-hmm. now there's time to sit at the stoplight like yeah. you can sit there and you can you know enjoy where you're at and it's the goals don't have to be so fast, fast they fast don't paced. have to be so you know intense like I think they don't have to be so intense everything you do you do needs to be intentional mm-hmm. but not so like urgent yeah. as it used to be you don't have to be all gas no brakes anymore mm-hmm. like that was such a fast-paced lifestyle yes. and now getting to slow down I feel like that's like the it's premise. okay to yeah you you feel you need to remember and acknowledge that you will feel bad mm-hmm. you'll feel bad you'll feel like why do I have so much free time mm-hmm. what you feel like you're not doing me? enough I'm not filling the gaps but you are you did mm-hmm. enough that was that season this is a new season and you you did so much yeah like m- so much like it was beyond what you actually think you could have done within that I'm not saying it was a short amount of time like you've achieved a lot but like 
we've been doing it was like 20 plus years all gas all gas no brakes for like 20 years you it's good to slow down and you feel another thing about being a collegiate athlete so young you hit a peak at such an early age mm-hmm. and it's like after that's over you feel like what do i amount to now yeah i've peaked at 24 i've done it I've all by 24 lived for two and a half decades yeah and i've done everything that i thought you have to realize that there's now going to be new goals and they might not even surround that sport that you mm-hmm. used to do you got to find something else and it will take time so i think the biggest takeaway is like patience just mm-hmm. being so patient and knowing that that was for that time patient and intentionality because you get to slow down you get to you get to make these choices of how you want to incorporate them in your life. Whereas like, you're like, all right, season two is going to be starting. You already know what's to be expected because you had that coach and you know, okay, we have games at this time and that, but now you're setting those things up for yourself. So you want to take more, you want to be patient and go slower making those decisions because you're in charge of those next step goals. Yeah. That's why being intentional is like so important. And I feel like I touch on that a lot throughout my episodes because you're independent. Like I said, nobody's holding your hand. No, not saying you're doing it for you. Yeah, not saying your coaches did. They didn't hold your hand, but, but they like they did it for you. They scheduled yeah, things for you. They scheduled they made sure you were where you needed to be. A thousand percent. And they were the ones pushing you. Mm-hmm. And now we can like slow down and appreciate that, okay, I can I can do it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be hard, but so it was hard when you were on a team too. This is just a different type of hard. Yeah, it's it's a team of one this time. <laughs> it's it's a solo it's, act, it's solo <laughs> endeavor. So, but of but of course you're gonna have the support of like those lifelong friendships you've made on those teams. You can always rely on them, and I feel like that's something I've done a lot personally because. We, me and you go back and forth and we reminisce and we look at old videos and we're like, oh my gosh, like we could do that. that and like, time. it truly was. And I've definitely, like you said, randomly looked at my life and I'm like, I've achieved more than some people have achieved in their entire time. lifetime yes, exactly. in two and a half decades. Exactly. And that's scary. It's amazing. And I'm so grateful I've had all of these opportunities, but I'm like, how can I even top what I've already yeah, topped? I was at the top. To yeah, you, it's the latter. I'm at the top. Yeah, <laughs> and like you, you were saying, like you're at your prime. But honestly, it's kind of important. It's a new ladder, but like you're stepping down. That sounds yeah. kind of negative, and but like it's kind of like you went up this ladder, you got to your peak, but now you get to slowly break down all of those achievements that you've made but when you go up a ladder like i'm thinking of of, of, like a pyramid ladder you know yeah yeah. you gotta come down exactly you have to come down and there's beauty in coming down there's beauty in coming back down to earth yeah in reality and like that's a new chapter a new adventure once you hit the ground yeah so like yes you did your peak but there might be another one and you gotta climb that ladder again Uh you know it doesn't just stop you gotta do maintenance on whatever you were up there for (laughs) you're like and think about it. You're at the top. How long can you just stare at the view? Right. And you need to go down to see a new adventure exactly. and a new peak. Yeah. Like, you can stare at a view all... It's always going to be there. That view is always going to be in your mind and in your pictures and in your heart, all of yeah. those memories. But now you can 
use and take what you did there to to climb a new ladder climb a new ladder and get those new fall in love again yeah with something new in your life Mm -hmm. so that's definitely for anybody who's maybe soon gonna be graduated out of athletics collegiately or studio out of you're becoming an an adult (laughs) yeah a new chapter you've got a new chapter coming after a long chapter of some kind of sport community Mm -hmm. or even it could be club it could be whatever anything maybe not even like graduating from it maybe you had an injury yeah you had an injury and you can't you don't have a choice to play again that's 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 a huge thing we could have touched on because like that yeah. takes it away, and you don't have a choice to it go was back. Like, well, it was like COVID. I mm-hmm. mean, like just like COVID. It's taken away from you. Yeah. So this is just for anyone about to try and figure out that transition because it's it's not an easy one. No, people do not prepare people enough for it. You get all this preparation when you join a team, mm-hmm. and you get all these courses and whatever and advice, and then you leave, and there's no, there's you have to really seek out that support mm-hmm. and there needs to be people talking about transitioning from being an athlete mm-hmm. and not enough we know so many athletes have gone through this but nobody talks about it yeah i i mean maybe i haven't seeked out hearing maybe another athlete or person talk about it but like it's a big thing and, and it's very real we, everyone struggles with it and maybe it's not even your coming down from a sport it can anything like yeah. any transition life we weren't like i said life you're not born with a blueprint of what to do and when it's gonna happen like yeah each day's a new day you gotta figure it out and just roll with the punches truly yeah yeah but it's special it's so special i love being an athlete You gonna say something? That was so good. <laughs> you that said was great. about the pyramids. Was that, was... that was so good. Get yourself some friends and some sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you. Bye. We're gonna go do fun things. Fun things. <laughs>